turkey with a side of COVID, what a week. My name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the Executive Director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Ivy Beckenholt, Communications Director of Progress Iowa. We are very thankful for all of you listening to What a Week this week and every week with hot takes about the week's news and shout outs for people doing good in the world. This week, Ivy and I share our favorite Thanksgiving uh, dishes. Um, but first, we start with our headlines. Um, the two stories that we have, the two big stories we have this week are um, still COVID and um, and then the transition from Trump to Biden. Um, we're going to start with COVID, talking about the really the fail, the continued failure of Governor Reynolds' partial mask mandate. Um, she put this in, been about a week, a little over a week. Is mm -hmm. that right? Um, and uh, and it basically um, one doctor who we're going to give a shout out to um, later on in the episode uh, called it worse than no mandate because of all the loopholes, um, and it's just not. It's 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 not even a, it's like putting a, a bad band-aid, you know, an ineffective band-aid on a, just a gash, a, a gaping wound that is just bleeding and, and just not even close to getting the job done. Um, so I don't know, Ivy, what, what have you been reading about this or what have you been seeing about, uh, the governor's latest failed attempt on, on COVID? I mean, it's obviously disappointing. And I saw last week there was a guide one of the newspapers put out, like, where exactly do I have to wear a mask? And it, it just makes it even more confusing because then people are looking for loopholes or they have loopholes. And so that was just disappointing. So obviously, I wish that there would be a full mask mandate. I don't necessarily see that happening soon, but it's just disappointing as we... Are, I mean, we recently went over 200,000 cases, I think. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just going to keep getting worse, especially with the holidays. So, obviously, it, disappointing. It absolutely is. And one of the things that is, like, the uh, an indicator of how bad it is, is that is how bad the hospitals are. Mm -hmm. And um, that doctor, uh, Dr. Princevich, says that, that Iowa hospitals are going to see a New York City-style collapse. Um, and we all remember those horror stories, um, on the news about what was going on in New York earlier this year. And, and that's going to be us. Um, and, and it's really hard to picture how that changes without, um, without some real leadership from the governor. So I don't know, um, I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, I don't know what, what it's going to take to get her to do something about this, but it, but she needs to do, she needs to do something. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, we were talking There's about. not much else to say. It's, it's just frustrating. We're just banging our heads against the wall here every week, I feel like. For sure. And I mean, not only are hospitals struggling because they don't have the room, now they have to, like, uh, especially rural hospitals, have to stop doing elective surgeries, which is kind of right. where they make their money. We were talking about that with Amy, our organizer, earlier this week. And so it's not just a health issue, it's a very important economic issue for our rural communities. And so. Hopefully, there's a full mask mandate. Not going to get our hopes up, but that's it needs to happen because it's going to start looking really crazy in the next few weeks, unfortunately. Yeah. 
It yeah. does. And or it will. And I mean, we're gonna we're about to come into Thanksgiving and I think that that I mean, unfortunately a lot of people are gonna make they're gonna make whatever decisions they're gonna make and um and without that leadership at the top saying really aggressively, don't do this, people are gonna get together and um uh was just looking on uh, there's a website that that we should include in the link or include in the episode link, but um, uh, it, it tracks the the likelihood that you would contract COVID at a gathering of at a gatherings all the way down to ten people. Um, you know, it goes up to several hundred, which is the 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 numbers are like astronomical, uh, are like nearing a hundred percent for that. Um, but even at even in a group of ten. Um, you'd have a in Des Moines, you'd have a forty three percent chance of 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 getting COVID. So um, now that's without mitigate, you know, like the mitigation efforts, like or, or things you can do to minimize the risk, like wearing masks, staying outdoors. Um, I would, just, I don't know this for sure on that site, but it, I don't believe that includes if you're like quarantining in advance, you know, to see people. Um, so there are things you can do to minimize the risk, but if people are just going in and having normal Thanksgiving, it's it's a real, real problem. So we need to all be very careful. Right. Um, I mean, it is disappointing. I love the word disappointing. But anyway, <laughs> it's just disappointing <laughs> because all of us want to see our families right now, but so many of us aren't going to be seeing our families because we don't want to risk getting other people sick. And so the fact that some people are going to make the decision to still see like large amounts of people. I mean, there's a large chance that COVID's going to get much worse and especially yeah. having, uh, to the holiday season. So. Yep. It yeah. will. Um, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's pretty bad. Cause like our next story was that the whole Southeast Iowa region is in a bit of a crisis. Officials were saying that just two out of 17 of those hospitals currently have open ICU beds. And I mean, that's super important because Governor Reynolds saying, oh, we have these beds, but that doesn't include staffed beds. Those are two totally different things. And so right. if you don't have the staff, who cares if you have, you know, a bed? Yeah, I like it's just another example of 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 what kind of crunch this is putting on all of our resources. Um, and this is, I mean, we're at, we're just at this potential breaking point in this next month and going into it without any, um, without any real, without any real help. Um, we're here, we're, we're, people are getting sicker. The numbers are going to, are, are spiking. Um, and then not only is it a hospital crisis, but like, um, uh, but it's a it's a economic crisis too. I mean, people are going to be out of uh, unemployment benefits, run out after after right after Christmas, um, um, and and so you just have a it's just a compounding it's just a compounding crisis with no with no immediate light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, there's good news on the vaccine front, um, which is really great news, but that's going to be months and months down the road. I mean, we have to survive until then. And, and, and it's, and it's pretty scary. Um, uh, it's a pretty scary prospect to, to be able to, to, to be able to do that. Um, so, uh, moving on to another happy, not so happy front on this story. Um, uh, there are a couple of really, um, a couple of different stories that were worth mentioning this week. 
One is the fact that the state is not providing information about hospitals. Um, uh, they're keeping it secret. They're not responding. They, they won't release. They won't allow it to be released to the public. And it's really hard to make good policy decisions or good personal decisions if they're hiding that. Uh, if they're hiding that information, um, it's 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 really. It, this is this has become a pattern with the state. They've ousted spokespeople from the Department of Public from from uh, from the administration for for not for for being too forthcoming uh, with reporters. Um, they've blocked now. They've been blocking open records requests reportedly. So I, uh, I, I I this is not what we need during a um, during a pandemic. I mean, we they need to open up. I personally think they should just open it up. They should give every bit of data out to the world. They should see like if economists or statisticians or whatever anywhere in the state could come up with different ways to look at this that might be helpful. Just publish it all, the raw data, and let everybody take a look. Um, I don't get the the hide-and-seek here. No, I don't get it either. And especially for rural areas, there's not as much... Uh bed space anyway. And so knowing the facts about individual hospitals, I think can help inform decisions or just let people know how serious this is in their area. And so because whenever we get the statistics on beds, it's kind of difficult to make a decision or to know everything when you're talking about the whole of Iowa or something, you really need do need to know your region. So yeah. yeah. But another um, yep. oh go ahead. <laughs> the other uh, a story that we were talking about is just the fact that at a meatpacking plant at Tyson, managers had apparently, according to a lawsuit, been betting, uh, had a betting pool for how many workers would get COVID. Um, this is especially concerning because especially if you remember at the beginning of COVID, Kim Reynolds just let Tyson take the reins on this, you know, let them run the show. Uh, decide their protocols for social distancing and things like that. And so to hear that maybe some people could even benefit off of people getting COVID obviously was concerning. What did you think about this? Yeah, that? I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. I mean, mm -hmm. it's really, really awful and disgusting that people will be doing that. Um, and even, even if you're making a joke about that or whatever, like, but, but to be, to be laying money down to, you know, to see who's who's how many people are uh, that work for you are getting getting COVID is is really despicable. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know how else to put that. Like it's mm -hmm. just it's 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 an awful awful um, thing to do. Um, it's also emblematic of how Tyson was treating its workers throughout this, as you were talking about, um, and 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 the governor just letting them do what they letting them run amok, do what they want. Um, uh, it, 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 it's what it's what she does. Um, she just has washed her hands of this whole situation, um, and so in many cases, in in most cases, like employers are being good to their are trying to do their best to their employ for their employees. I think, but you know, it doesn't take that many really bad actors to 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 really to to screw people over and. To, uh, let people get sick and then have that rampant community spread that we've got. So it doesn't just affect, I mean, obviously is disgusting for the workers at Tyson, but it impacts the whole community, you know, it impacts the whole state, the whole region. And so it's like, that's where uh, government has a responsibility to step in and 
uh, make sure that these businesses are doing what they what they should be to take care of each, to take care of us uh, or to you know to, to to act responsibly. This next story is just another um, point of exhaustion in this entire COVID process. Reynolds is defending her decision to not require masks in Iowa schools. Um, she doesn't think that that's a uh, a lot of that we're seeing a lot of transmission from students in classrooms, although she is limiting it uh, elsewhere um, for groups that, you know, trying to limit groups of 15, down to gatherings of 15 inside and 30 people uh, outside requiring them to wear masks and stay socially, uh, stay socially distant, or if they're, un, excuse me, if they're unable to stay socially distant, um, but not in schools because, screw our students and screw our teachers apparently um i don't like i don't there's no there's truly no reason for this um so i like i don't know i've you've been tracking these press conferences a little bit closer than i have did she give much more justification than that or was there any real scientific nope. reason for this there is literally no scientific reason i mean as we would expect but right. just her reasoning oh i don't think we're seeing a lot of transmission there really like it's frustrating because two thirds of schools still don't have two thirds of school districts in Iowa still don't have mass mandates for their students. And so I could see there being transmission. Maybe they just don't track it well, like they haven't been tracking a lot of things well. That's just my take on it. It's just upsetting because there's literally no reason to do that. And kids, there's just this idea that kids aren't really vulnerable because of COVID, their age, but their family members are very vulnerable. Some kids might be vulnerable. So, you know, lives are at hand here. So, No, it totally is true. And we're seeing more and more cases in children. Um, and, And if they have it without symptoms, then they're spreading it. So... It's um, even if they're less susceptible to the disease themselves, if they don't, if we don't know they have it, then they're they can be spreading it around to to others. So it's really, really dangerous. Um, And that's one of the things I'm worried about for um, the holiday weekend as people gather together with kids um, or like in many cases with kids. um, Spreading it even even more so. Um, So I. It's, 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 it's really, it's really terrifying. Um, so let's move on to some happier news now. Um, so we have a new president elect and vice president elect. Um, president Trump is still claiming to challenge this, even though they're not really pursuing a lot of legal challenges anymore. because They've lost a lot of cases. Um, but GSA has finally allowed for them to, uh, uh, you know, I guess get keys to the doors and start the process of moving in. So that's great news, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that it seemed. <laughs> I was a little worried before the end of the election because it seemed as if a lot of people were worried about Trump not leaving if he lost. But it seems like now everyone's kind of ignoring Trump, seeing that it's irrelevant, all of his, you know, questions towards it and everything because it's not really going to work. So. That's very nice to see that the transition is starting and that uh, Biden chose some of his cabinet recently, a very diverse cabinet, first woman, treasury secretary, defense secretary, uh, head of intelligence. So that's very exciting. 
Yeah, and a, a pretty progressive, I, I, I believe, a pretty progressive uh, head of Homeland Security, mm-hmm. um, which is which is really um, uh, interesting, and the first Latino to have that position. So um, that's that's encouraging too. So I, I think uh, knowing that there are competent um, people coming into the cabinet um, is is at least somewhat a light at the end of the tunnel here too. So um, that's really good news that basically the grown, the, even if they're not, even if they're more liberal than you'd want or more moderate than you'd want, Mm -hmm. I know he's not going to be able to please everybody on that, but, but but more than anything, we have adults back in charge um, of our, we will have adults back in charge of our government uh, come late January, which is really great news. No more Betsy DeVos. That's just like That's right. the best thing. That's right. Oh. That's great. Next, we have our hot takes where we give our opinions on hot topics of the week. Uh, first up is heart. That I can't read even... Read a heart. Read a heart. Read a heart. Do you want to give the latest update on this? Because I keep trying to stay updated, but every five seconds, something new. I know, happening. it changes. <laughs> and, and so we're recording this Tuesday, um, November 24th in the afternoon. Um, and so this is going to change. Um, it's looking more likely that Rita Hart could end up taking the lead in this congressional race. So I'm going to put it that way. Um, follow if you, if you can follow Ryan Foley from the Associated Press, um, and follow Iowa starting line, um, on Twitter and Facebook, uh, all the social media things. Um, but those two in particular are, follow, are, are have been what I've been checking in on. There are many others, though, doing great work on this. Um, but, uh, but based on what some of the counties are coming back with, uh, Rita Hart, when it's all said and done, may have a six or seven vote lead, um, I, I believe, is the latest. So she could actually pull this off and, and win, uh, win this congressional seat, which would be great, great news for, for the state of Iowa and for the country because Rita Hart is wonderful. Exactly. It's just baffling to me how close this race is. Yeah. For a congressional race, the fact that right now I think they're only like 30-something votes apart at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so it just keeps getting closer and closer. How does this happen? Every vote counts. Every vote counts. If yeah. you think your vote doesn't count, this is going to be one of those where they're going to mark it down and be like, yep, this was every vote counts. I remember when it was a big deal two years ago when um, uh, there's, when Michael Bergen uh, won that seat in uh, Northeast Iowa and in that state house seat. There's a state representative seat that was decided by eight votes. And that's, you know, not nearly, I mean, that's a fraction of the number of votes cast in a congressional seat. And we're talking about maybe that same similar margin. So yeah. who knows? Um, I, th- I believe as well, I've seen, and I think it was Ryan Foley from the AP who, who tweeted this out. Um, if it is a tie, that they will that they will draw a name out of a hat. But that is what really? the process is. So I know mm. I, I we need to just double check that. But I think that that's the I think that that's what the the what I the, the information I saw published by the AP. So um, yeah, fun, <laughs> pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean nothing can be that much weirder than the electoral college anyway. So whatever. True, 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 true. Uh, Another thing this week is Thanksgiving on Thursday. Yay. Um, Mm -hmm. 
We're so for Thanksgiving, gonna make some mac and cheese. Very excited about okay. it. Um, a little scared because we're waiting till tomorrow to go uh, shopping for that. So it might be a little crazy oh at the my. store. But uh, yes, yeah. So that'll be fun, though. <laughs> what uh, are you going to make? Well, please, please stay safe. Wear yes. masks, um, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. Um, uh, but we are making, I mean, I'm going tur- to have a turkey. Um, but uh, um, also going to be making a couple of different pies and some. Uh, um, some uh, cream corn, some green bean casserole, really just the standard, like, or more, not standard, everybody's standard is different, but mm-hmm. the more conventional, probably, uh, Thanksgiving stuff. So it's, it's going to be just delicious. So, and amazing and a, a, a break worth, worth having. So, um, I also know that we are very lucky that we get to do this, um, get to have a break. Um, and so, um, I want to be very thankful to to those that are out there working, um, and doing working in those overcrowded hospitals and doing all the things that need to be done right now. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's gonna be our Thanksgiving, just very chill. That sounds good. Yeah, hopefully everyone gets to stay safe this Thanksgiving. We'll see how everything goes, but looking forward to it. Uh, next up is just Dolly Parton. So it was uh, found out that she donated money to uh, coronavirus relief, and then it ended up that she actually ac- actually donated to one of the vaccines that came out recently. Uh, I think it was the Moderna one, and mm-hmm. so that's just great. You know, our saint Dolly here. I love her. She's the greatest. She should be in the cabinet somewhere, right? Ah. Like there should be a position for either party, for Mm -hmm. any president. There should just be a permanent cabinet post for her. And Ah. I don't think any, I think that'd be one thing that everyone could agree on. Of course. I mean, she just brings people together. Her music is so good. Her Hannah Montana appearance, which you didn't know about. Which I didn't know about. Right. Uh, I guess you're just like. And because like your kids are too young to have like watched Hannah Montana and all that, so. that's true. Uh, Thankfully, I'll let it go. Oh yeah. no, it's the best show ever. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see if they get into it. But if, if they That'd do, be amazing. If anything they're into, I would get into. But yeah, um, yeah, no. Thankfully, they have not reached that that point yet. But I know. I'll, take, I'll take your I'll take your word for it. Yeah. So side note: Have you seen High School Musical? I have not. Ah, I'm screaming. Okay. When your kids are old enough, they have to watch it and you have to watch it. It's my favorite movie. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, No, there's the, you know, there's that we're into really right now. um, uh, Like Sesame Street, of course, Mm, um, but it's like that age level. So there's no, like we haven't quite gotten into I don't even know what that would be like. Teenage years, pre-teenage years, perhaps. Is that right? Uh, maybe like eight. Things? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So I see. I don't even know. I don't even know how old. But <laughs> um, so no, not not there yet. But maybe someday. Okay. Next up, we have our shoutouts where we lift up great work happening all over the state. If you have any recommendations, please send them to at Progress Iowa or at Potluck FM on Twitter. Um, we just wanted to give a shout out to Iowa's doctors who are telling the truth about Iowa's dire pandemic and the faulty mask mandate. Uh, did you want to talk about this a little bit more, Matt? 
Yeah, they're really doing great work, um, and uh, all over, they're really they're coming from all over the state. I mean, you have uh, um, a lot of folks at the universities, uh, especially the University of Iowa um, and their hospital, um, but uh, folks like Doctor Eli Prensevich and Doctor Megan Srinivas. Um, then there's um, uh, Sarah Willett, um, who's doing who's tracking the data at the Iowa COVID Tracker website. Um, uh, Dr. Rosanna Rosa, who's here in the Des Moines area. I mean, there's just a number of people. Um, uh, Dana James, who's a nurse practitioner who uncovered some data errors from the state. So every healthcare professional is doing wonderful work. They should be paid a hell of a lot more than they are, but especially the people who are keeping an eye, using their expertise to monitor what the state is doing and the poor job that the state is doing. Um, we really, really appreciate that because we are not getting that leadership from the state and we are getting it from you. So we're, we're thankful for every for everyone who's doing their part to fight COVID, but especially to you all um, this year, we are especially thankful. So shout out to you. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are mixed and edited by Greg Houtenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm, visit us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.